Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, grocery price inflation has fallen to its lowest level in a year. Latest figures show grocery price inflation is now at 11.5%. Uh, some might say an encouraging sign for consumers and indeed retailers. Here with the latest is consumer affairs correspondent with the Irish Times, Price Watch editor, Connor Pope. Connor, uh, very good morning to you. Good morning to you, Bobby. How are you? Now, I'm great. Uh, the first thing, I've been wanting to talk to you about this for a while, but when we say that uh, uh, grocery price inflation is now at 11.5%, I know it's fallen for the third month in a row, but is it not still very high? It's shockingly high, Bobby, and that's yeah. the reality. And if, if you if you were to say, to, if you had been, if you'd said to us this time two years ago that we would be even in the slightest way celebrating grocery price inflation of eleven point five percent, I would have said you were completely crazy. But that's the world in which we live, and the eleven point five percent has to be taken in context because. It's the lowest level it's been since September 2022, so that's a good thing. It's also a full 5% lower than it was earlier this summer, according to the figures from the retail analyst Kantar. Now, having said that, an inflation rate of 11.5% is still absolutely punishing. And you must remember, Bobby, as you will well know, it's 11.5% year on year. So yeah. it means that it's 11.5% higher this September than it was last September. But last September, we were, we were also very concerned about spiralling grocery prices. And that means that even though the pressure has eased slightly, and it is only slightly, Irish consumers up and down the country are being faced with these cripplingly high costs. And outside of mortgage repayments and rent, the biggest expenditure that people have is their grocery shopping. And yeah. that's why this is such a depressing time for people everywhere. And, you know, it's incredibly difficult to work out ways to make to make savings. One of the things that I think is, is, is a factor at play here, Connor, is it not, is that, you, you know, you mentioned people paying mortgages. Also, if we look at the rising cost of interest rates, the rising cost of borrowing, you know, maybe if you, if you look at other uh, inflationary costs, such as energy, which hasn't come down to the level that it was expected to come down. So, if you look at somebody, a typical household that has to pay its ESB, has to pay its mortgage, and then says, how much have I left for food? Exactly. And I mean, if you look at the numbers, the numbers are really grim. So if you take somebody who's on a tracker mortgage or someone who's just coming out of a fixed rate mortgage into this much higher interest rate environment, they might find themselves conservatively around three or four thousand euros worse off this year compared to two years ago as a result of the European Central Bank's 10 successive rate increases. Then on top of that, you have to remember that uh, energy prices have effectively doubled over the same two-year period. So that means yeah. that a household that was spending two grand on heating and lighting their homes and cooking and all the rest that is now spending 4,000. So even though a price decrease of 20% or 10% or 30% that has been announced by almost all of the companies, the energy providers in recent weeks like that's welcome but it still means that people are still worse off by around 10 yeah. about 1200 euros and then on top of that you add the extra eight or nine hundred euros or even more than that that people are spending on food and groceries and it shows the true impact of the cost of living crisis now it's very it's also worth pointing out that some people 
will have experienced or will have had wage increases in that period as well, because that's what happens in an inflationary cycle. You know, wages go up, prices go up, wages go up. But like, I don't know anybody who has seen wage increases that match the rate of inflation across the boards that we're we're, we're being forced to deal with. If we look at some of the trends within how people shop now as a result of this, Connor, things like, I suppose, uh, loyalty schemes. uh, You know, we know Dunn's, and Tesco have particularly aggressive loyalty schemes now. How important are they, you know, when when, when we've got this, I suppose, this retail war going on with everybody uh, trying to compete for market share in in an inflationary marketplace? Well, the funny thing is, on one level, those loyalty schemes are really important. And then on another level, they're entirely irrelevant. Now, by that, I mean, if you look at Aldi and Lidl, now they don't have any loyalty schemes whatsoever. Or, you know, there's there's vague um, uh, echoes of them in in one of those retailers, but generally speaking, they don't have any loyalty schemes, and they are seeing a really significant growth in their market share. Okay, so they don't have loyalty schemes. But then the two companies that the two retailers that are doing best out of the mainstream supermarkets are, are Duns, and they're on twenty three percent, and then Tesco is just behind them. And as you say, they've got quite aggressive. Loyalty schemes. And I think the Tesco one is particularly interesting because what Tesco has done in the last 18 months has been to target an awful lot of its special offers at members of its club card scheme. So the the, the offers that would have been available to all its shoppers two years ago are now exclusively available largely to its club card members. And that means people have an incentive to join the club card scheme. And similarly, uh, Dunn stores have a money back scheme and Supervalue have 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 a loyalty scheme. But you know, the biggest player is probably Dunn's in terms of the money it gives back. And then Tesco is also quite powerful. But it's the non-traditional retailers. It's the Aldi and the Lidl without any of their loyalty schemes that are seeing a significant return because they're saying, OK, we're not going to spend any money on a loyalty scheme. We're going to just focus on the smaller number of products that we sell and we're going to sell them for cheaper. And apart from the loyalty schemes, what you've seen is you've seen an even greater push towards own brand shopping. And I don't just mean own brand with Lidl and Aldi because Tesco have a good old own brand range. Dunn's have an own brand range. Supervalue have an own brand range. And I've been doing the Price Watch column in the Irish Times for nearly 20 years, which a fact that saddens me greatly when I think <laughs> of the passage of time, but that's neither here nor there. Um, uh, when I was when I was writing about this in two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, around eight percent of the Irish, of the typical Irish shopping basket was made up of own brand products. Today, it's around fifty percent. It's just yeah. less than fifty percent. They, they, they've and, come on a huge way in in terms of quality, though, don't haven't they? In well, terms listen, of like for like. Well, listen, that's exactly the point. And, and and you and I and some of your listeners will be old enough to remember Quinsworth and the launching of the Yellow Pack ranges in the early 1980s. And the thing is, the Yellow Pack products that were on the market were, generally speaking, awful. Yeah. Um, and that's why Yellow Pack became a pejorative word and you had Yellow Pack jobs and Yellow Pack lifestyles and all of that stuff because Yellow Pack was considered to be so bad. And that really tarnished the reputation of own brand in Ireland, almost for a generation. But over the last 10 or 15 years, it has just got better and better and better yeah. and better and better. And you can look at artisan producers up and down the country, and I'm sure you've interviewed them on the show many times, Bobby, and and, and they're producing products own, under the private label for the German discounters and for the big players, uh, Tesco, uh, Supervalue and Dunn's. And 
that that means that you get the same quality as you do when buying the higher end, more expensive brands, uh, you know, when you're buying the own brand. And the reality is that by switching to own brand, you can save yourself around 30% on your shopping. Now, I'd never for a second say to people, listen, you should make, you switch wholesale or wholesale to own brand because the reality is some of the products just aren't very good. And I, I'm not going to name any brands, but like there's a, a, a very popular cola drink that's particularly popular <laughs> all over the world that the own brand retailers struggle to match. And they, yeah. they really, similarly, there's a very popular brand of flaked corn that I'm not going to identify <laughs> that the own brand retailers struggle to match. But okay. a lot of the time, the products are absolutely excellent and entirely indistinguishable from the branded products, except for the price. All right. Look, we'll have to leave it there, Connor. Always uh, great to talk to you and great to get your insight, as you say. Okay, 20 years just, uh, doing this. Thanks for doing it for us, Connor. We appreciate it. Take care, Bobby. Bye-bye. Cheers. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.